welcome to another episode of I Wish a Little Bit Taller. You uh, might have noticed that there is no response to my what. Uh, uh, I unfortunately isn't able to make it today. Um, he, you know, we don't always get a chance to do uh, free ourselves to do little shits and giggles of our little podcast. So today it's just me, myself, and I. Um, I will just be doing a quickie just so we keep this consistent. And, you know, the three, four people that listen to us uh, hear our voices and uh, appreciate the hard work we put in. But so we'll get started with the NBA uh, trade deadline ended last week. And I had a few thoughts. Um, I was going to bounce with Aiden, but since uh, he probably just doesn't, probably wouldn't care because he just his team didn't do shit. Um, I'm gonna have a couple of thoughts. You know, when did um when did irrelevant role players become so such a commodity at the trade deadline? This the acquisition of of Morris that the Clippers did. Uh, Marcus Morris I don't understand what like he must have the best agent and manager to hype this fool up so much so that all these teams are bidding for him he's done nothing he's he's been on six teams in eight seasons um and or nine seasons I'm sorry and it's just it it makes no sense to me the Clippers were competing for championship anyways there's nothing that he was going to add to that team. And if you want to consider him a dog, he's not a dog. He's just a fucking asshole on the court. He does nothing to benefit. His career stat line is horrible. It's 12-4 and four and 1. And that's with playing a good amount throughout you know, a couple of seasons in Phoenix where they did nothing in the 2012 through 2015 season. And then he went to Detroit where, I mean, he, no team he went on was relevant or important. He was an important, valuable uh, commodity for them. That's why he keeps getting bounced around. So I don't understand why all these people are like, oh, now that the Clippers got him, they're a contending. They were always contending, people. They were always fucking contending. And they weren't aren't going to be better than the Lakers because they got him. They're either going to be better than the Lakers or they're not, whether he was there or not. He's only going to pick up so many minutes. And he doesn't come with, oh, he's a perfect fit. He's just a guy. He's never made big plays in big games. Um, and I just don't understand. Uh, another one was Iggy. Iggy, I don't understand how the players, un- or how he was not fined for not showing up to the preseason and sitting out most of the season. How is that possible? A team trades for you and you just decide you don't want to play. And, then, and it's because he's not getting bashed in the media. It's because the media loves him. It, it makes no sense to me how a player gets traded and says, I don't want to play and trade me to either contender or cut me. Motherfucker, you're making $17 million. Get your ass on the fucking court and play. Plain and simple. There's no uh, argument of that. You have a contract. Yeah, you get to choose um, when you sign that contract what team you play for. But if you get traded, why do you have to how do you have the right to say I don't want to play without getting fined? And if what if it was say Dion Waiters, who's not necessarily loved by the uh, by the media and has a reputation, you know, recently of just being a knucklehead? What if he he got traded and uh, a team to a team and 
didn't want to play. Then what? Would the narrative be different for him? I don't understand how Iggy's getting away with this, and he's declined consistently over the last couple of years. I don't think Miami improved dramatically with him. I think Miami would have improved dramatically if they've got Gallinari from OKC. That's a player you would I should they should have traded for. That would have been you would have given Winslow for him for sure. I don't understand why they didn't. I don't know maybe if OKC was asking too much for him, but um, Iggy I don't think was at all a great pickup for them. I, I don't think that he's going to help them go over the top over um, Milwaukee or the 76ers. And even the 76ers haven't been that great. But um, I just don't see them improving that dramatically to uh, improve with him to compete with those guys. They're still not there. So the trade deadline ended. And those are the just quick thoughts I had of those. Um, my other thought about the trade deadline was, why the hell are these dudes not making any trades? Like the Chicago Bulls, you're okay with being 19 and 36 and basically having no future? Why would you not make trades? Why would you not add some sort of draft picks or some sort of acquisition of something or get rid of somebody and pick up? I don't understand. Them, Detroit basically gave up Drummond for absolutely nothing. Just to get off the uh, contract that he uh, players option for next year for him, like who's gonna go to Detroit that you're trying to do this? At least try to get something out of it. You got nothing. You got a penny for the dollar basically for him. Um, Charlotte didn't do anything, which makes no sense. They're okay with being third or eighteen and thirty six. You're going nowhere. Try to get some draft picks out of it. Try to get at least try to get a veteran in there. You know. Uh, you're just cutting, uh, you just cut uh, Williams, um, and he's your veteran player, and maybe these young guys need some veteran leadership that, see, the the thing that I've, I think I've read and I I think I understand is that veteran leadership, players especially that want to be there, are important for young players. They under, They learn from them of how to be a professional. And when you have just a bunch of young guys and no professional veterans there, your team is your players aren't going to improve as fast as they should or improve or understand how to live in the NBA. So I don't understand how these teams, New York bait traded Morse, and yeah, good for you, but you still have three other fucking power forwards that play the same exact, exact position. Atlanta really didn't, they did, but they didn't do anything. Cleveland basically took on another center. Yeah, let's go back to the 1980 where you have as many big men as fucking possible and shitty guards. And hey, maybe we can make it into, I don't know, next year, get another draft pick and again try to be good. Like, I don't understand. They have, they didn't get rid of love. They didn't get Tristan Thompson. They didn't trade for him. The I if they try to buy him out, then you're an idiot. You should at least try to get something out of him. Um, I I just don't understand like how these teams are letting that slide. Like Sacramento, I don't know what you can do there, but Minnesota at least you know what they're taking a gamble. They're putting D'Lo together, which I called, and I see somehow Brooker getting out there too. Um, but at least Golden State, look, they're twelve and forty three. They know what their future is. And they're still making moves. 
and they're in last place. They have the worst record in the league, and they're still making pretty significant moves. How is that possible? But these teams that are just like the Chicago's and Atlanta's, they're just okay with just being not even mediocre, below average. Uh, it just makes no sense. Yeah, you know, I guess Chicago Bulls, they're just, they just print money because they're, they're valued so much. But wouldn't you be valued more and more if you were contending for something? Like, it just, that that boggled my mind. Another uh, round of trades went through, and none of these bullshit teams, shitty teams, and a lot of them in the East, are not doing anything to improve themselves. Um, that just blew my mind. I, I just didn't understand how they could go, you know, more than basically two-thirds into the season. We're probably, what, 50-some games into the season, 56 games into the season, and these guys are just okay with just, hey, you know what? We suck. We're going to suck. We're going to get like a top, you know, we'll get a lottery pick maybe in between, you know, what is it? They're probably going to get somewhere between 8 to 13, 14. And hey, let's figure out what we can get out of that. And this draft isn't very good. So you're just going to get another role player with another young core and just try to figure it out there. Like make a move. Make, you know, stop being living in this world of irrelevancy. Um... All right, that was my rant. I just I, I I saw all these trades happen. I'm like, all right, the good teams are getting better. The shitty teams are just staying exactly where they are. Like, at some point, there's got to be understanding, and they're just not understanding that. Like, I don't know how these owners are letting these GMs just fucking keep their teams irrelevant. Like, it's it boggles my mind. You're paying these fools, you know, close to a million, maybe more, and they're just keeping your team doing nothing, not making the playoffs, not being exciting, not being entertaining. They're just, you have your loyal fans, and that's basically, you're not picking up the next generation. Um, uh, from that, from that rant, I'm sorry, guys, I just had, that had been built up for a couple of, for about a week now. So from that, we're going to the NBA draft, or to the NBA All-Star, um, All-Star games. And I actually, you know what, I think it's going to be a pretty emotional um i'll start just because of the kobe factor um i i actually kind of like the format of restarting basically each quarter at zero and in the fourth quarter tallying them all up and then adding 24 um i think that just adds each quarter being kind of relevant and important so each you know you're trying to compete each quarter as opposed to for the full game and i think maybe it'll make the players play a little harder now the question is do the coaches apply, hey, there's some studs on the team and some uh, all-stars. Do I play the studs more or do I spread out the time, playing time, and try to make sure that all the players um, get some love and some playing time and some and I get low respect and love from all the players or do I just play the, the guys that I know I'm going to win with? So that's going to be a, another game within the game of seeing how the two coaches go against each other and how they compete you know do you play for example Giannis 30 some minutes because you're trying to win or do you play him you know about 10 minutes spread out the wealth maybe 20 15 minutes and spread out the wealth across all the players and you might not win so that was another that's a interesting thing to look at at least I'll be looking at um, and then we have the competitions. We actually already made our bets. I had uh, Joe Harris and Dwight, 
and I was looking at the odds. So I'm going to just for I know he's because he's going to want this because he's going to get the the benefits out of it. I'm going to base our uh, picks off the spreads. So Dwight is 475 odds of winning is 475. So he's got the lowest odds of winning. Um, so if he, I'd put a hundred down, he's going to do really well. If Dwight wins, I had, um, I have Derek Jones Jr., which has got the second lowest odds in 165. And, uh, the, the overall favorite is Aaron Gordon. And in the three point contest, we got, um, I had Joe Harris, Joe Harris ha- is a 400 or a plus 400 favorite. Um, and I had, who do I have? I have Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson is also 400, but the overall favorite is Deontay Graham. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Trey Young is actually, uh, well, Damon Lillard isn't playing. He got injured, uh, I think it was a hamstring or groin injury. So he's out. So Trey Young is probably the favorite. Um, and speaking of Damon Lillard, uh, his replacement is Devin Booker, uh, who will be a Milwaukee, or I'm not sorry, not Milwaukee, Minnesota Timberwolf, probably by the beginning of next season. Um, once again, my prediction, I should have made a fucking bet on that one beginning this season. I can't believe I didn't make a bet on that one. And then the skills challenge, um, we didn't make a bet on that. Nobody really cares. It's it's irrelevant. They got to change that to like a horse, game of horse or some shit like that because no one cares about skill challenge. It's just, it's irrelevant spencer dimwitty is the favorite and bam Adebayo is the uh, underdog in that one um so that's that's a wrap-up of the week that we had and the week that's coming up this season oh um speaking of um the what happened last week so we both had some bets last week um i had uh the clippers beating the heat which he did and he had uh, 150 so he won that and then he also had the Grizz beating the Wizards which they did and he covered that so he started with 800 he won 200 so he's back up to a thousand so he's even I had uh, the Nuggets beating the Jazz which they did and I had the Bucks beating the 76ers which they did and I had 100 on each of those so I'm up to 1350 and I win that um, competition, weekly competition. And we were going to do um, uh, that dude game again because we all, as we saw, I cheated like a motherfucker. And so we decided to do it again. And uh, uh, I guess I'll have to hold that off. But um, uh, I think we all understood he he's petty. <laughs> I love him not being on because I can just talk shit too. <laughs> but um, but uh, that'll do it for this episode. It's a quickie. Um, we might try to get another one in later on this week with uh, a guest host, Ali Parvoz, um, aka the Laker Insider, and that will be a good one because then we can get into a little bit of Laker talk too. So, um, uh, speaking of Lakers, actually. Um, I actually was okay with Lakers not making a move. I, I didn't think they I didn't necessarily care for Morris um, because we had to give up so much for him. And I don't think trading Kuz for him, it really wouldn't have changed much, I don't think. They would have lost a little more offensive skills for a little more 
I don't, I don't even maybe defensive, but they're okay on defense. I, I, that's not the part that I'm worried about. So um, I'm okay with that not going through. I think they made a good decision holding off. I think because of all the Kobe stuff, it might have been a little bit harder to actually even engage because I don't know if other teams, I think they were tiptoeing around the uh, all that just because it is a sensitive subject and uh, a difficult time for um Palinka and the Laker organization. So, um, with that said, that'll wrap up this episode of I Wish I Was a Little Bit Taller. If you loved what I said, if you loved um, what Aiden said, <laughs> if you loved uh, Aiden not, you know, contributing on this, um, please let us know either way. Uh, thank you for listening and have a good one, guys.